Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Wednesday, May the 6th, as we continue to trudge along and uh, hopefully make our way back to watching baseball yet again someday. Coming up a little later, we'll dive into another Philly-centric topic, talk a little Reese Hoskins, what happened to him. Am I concerned that it is going to continue to happen to him? Uh, but first, some more news is that it seems like every day we kind of start with a new update to a plan, to a potential return and all that. Yesterday, we talked about the Trevor Plouffe tweet. Uh, Trevor Plouffe goes viral with the tweet saying, of course, Trevor Plouffe, former baseball player, former Philly. Uh, Trevor Plouffe tweets, want some good baseball news? I just heard from multiple sources that on June 10th, spring training two will start. July 1st will be opening day, and all teams will be playing at their home ballparks. So this uh, tweet obviously... Raise some antennas. There were a few people who uh, denied it, but um, it's gained a little traction since then. Trevor Plouffe has since come out and stood by his tweet implicitly, has said, that's what I heard. I'm standing by it. I'm doubling down. I believe it to be true. And then Joe Girardi yesterday, I'm with Angelo Cataldi on Sports Radio WIP. Great interview, as always, whenever Angelo uh, really interviews anyone, but certainly... Girardi and uh, Girardi addressed the uh, the report and said, "quote unquote I've heard some chatter about that as well." He said, "I still really I still think it really comes down to Angela, we are at the mercy of our federal and state government. I mean, that's what we're at the mercy of. We have to make sure states are open and we have to make sure that there are plenty of tests and we're not endangering anyone." And once we figure out those things, I think we'll be back. But God, that would be great if we could be back by then, wouldn't it? And um, yes, Joe, to answer your question, yes, it would be great if we were back by then. So a few things to unpack here, and then we'll get to some Reese Hoskins talk. But um, I, I do think that the fact that first and foremost, that Ploof's tweet kind of jives with the timeline that we've 
been hearing for a while now, and I know timelines have shifted, things are fluid, and things are still fluid. Look, again, you know, they could plan to return on July 1st, and then something changes. You know, the states reopen, and there's a second wave, and this and that. I mean, or we don't get the number of tests that, that we would need so that everyone can be tested, much less baseball players. Again, as I said yesterday, the idea optically that Major League Baseball would have all these tests to give to players, but but people in America who need tests, average people, you know, everybody, us, couldn't get tests, would be a really bad look, and I don't think Major League Baseball would do it. But, you know, provided those things, as Girardi pointed to, are, are able to be handled, um, it makes me hopeful. You know, the fact that Girardi would say he's heard that chatter, again, he's under no obligation to even give any of that credence, you know, to even, he could have just brushed past that and said, hey, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, Angelo, I, I don't know what the answer is. I hope that sounds great, but, you know, until they p- tell me we're playing, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. He could have said something like that, and he didn't. He said, I've heard chatter about that as well. And then he goes on to clarify what it would take for that to happen, which we all know, but I do get the sense that from Girardi's answer, from Plouffe doubling down on it, that this is a real plan, you know? And and again, there are obstacles, and I think the testing seems to be the number one obstacle, but it, I think this jives with kind of everything we've been hearing along the way. I mean, we have spent so much time talking about each of these ideas, each of these plans, whether it's a Jeff Passan report or Bob Nightingale report, or now in this case, a Trevor Plouffe report. We have dove into each of these extensively and said, you know, will this work? Could this work? Could all that work? Blah, blah, blah. But one common theme throughout, for the most part, has been spring training in June and hopefully start at the beginning of July. Like, that's been a pretty common theme, at least for the past month or so. I know before they were hoping, well, maybe they could even start earlier, this or that. But I do think it jives with a lot of what we've heard. And I think that is a a real positive here. I think that's something that makes me feel more hopeful about it. And then, again, for Girardi to even acknowledge it and to say that he's heard chatter, I mean, I personally think that's a pretty big deal. You know, I, I, that lends a level of credence to me that it didn't have before. Now, I am still dubious about the idea that teams will be playing in their own stadiums. Again, you know, when you talk about the densely populated areas, the New York type places, you know, where who have not only are densely populated, but also have been hit the hardest by this virus. It makes it hard to believe. I mean, Yankee Stadium, I mean, how are you going to play games at Yankee Stadium with, with this city still being ravaged by the virus, which, you know, come July, it's still a real possibility the way this is shaken out that New York is still maybe not at its peak, but not going to be um, cool, so to speak, you know, as opposed to a hot zone type of thing. Like, it's still going to be a, a hot spot, so to speak. So, most likely, at least. So, um, and look, in New York, you can't go anywhere without bumping into anybody. I mean, you assume every player could take a car to the game and, you know, be driven into the stadium and all that stuff. So, you know, you, I'm sure that every precaution will be taken and they're not going to try and undertake this specific idea unless they feel incredibly confident that they can execute it. Um, 
So I'm still a little dubious of that. And maybe it, it starts with certain teams or most teams playing in, in different teams to start, and then eventually they move back home. I could see that being a possibility as well. I think that the own stadiums thing is certainly a response to maybe a public response to a private matter or whatever of the, of the players' union pushing back on the quarantine idea. You know, we've already heard many high-profile players say that they don't want anything to do with that because they don't want to leave their families. They don't want to be forced to, um, you know, be be kept in for such a long time or this or that or whatever. And, and I get it. Again, we've, we've talked about that. We don't need to rehash that specific thing. Um, but I do think that, um, regardless of the own stadiums part, I do think that, that it seems like baseball, again, provided they can work out the logistics, and we've talked about the many logistical issues that that are here with this. Obviously, it's not just the um, it's not just the the playing in their own stadiums. There's there's money issues. There's this. There's that. And I think that that's the easier stuff to work out because ultimately, having the game back both for the players, for the owners, and for America is something that that will take. Uh, a predominance over um, the other logistical issues that have to be figured out about, you know, the money the players will get and, and the lost gate receipts and how this all gets evened out and all that type of stuff. I think they'll figure that part out. I'm, I'm much more concerned about the ability to figure out the health and safety portion of this whole thing. And again, especially with teams playing in their own statements. But I do think that this is just something that should be seen as a positive. I think that, uh, as I've said this whole time, with all the logical arguments you can make against any sort of plan to come back, I do think that the fact that we keep hearing plans, the fact that information keeps leaking out, the fact that a former Major League player, player like Trevor Plouffe is is coming out and saying this, that Nightingale's had reports, that Passons had reports, is that baseball's doing everything they can to play, to make this happen, and that has made me hopeful the whole time. And again, this is all under the caveat of do it safely, do it in a healthy way where you're not putting people or players or whoever in danger. That is the key to all this, as we all know. But look, we've known this whole time that sports want to return for both business reasons and from a, a patriotic American standpoint of getting back to normal, of showing people that we can get back to who we were and what we did before. I think all that's a big part of this. I really do. But um, I think more than anything, they want to play. And and again, obviously for business reasons, maybe above all, but ultimately they want to play games. And they want to get as many games in as possible. They want to have as much of a quote-unquote season as they can have. And as we've all said, I think the vast majority of true blue baseball fans say, you know, again, as long as it's done safely and, and healthy, then we'll take whatever we can get. You know, I, I'm not a purist when it comes to this. I just want as much baseball as I can get. And if it's new divisions, if it's new cities, if it's new this, if it's a neutral sites, if it's no fans, like I'm good with all of it. Like whatever it takes, just give me baseball. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. Again, safely. Um, but I do think that, that they're progressing. That That's my big takeaway is that this is progressing forward. That... The fact that these rumors are out there and that that Plouffe, that is a strong rumor and that Girardi would say, I've heard chatter of that as well. I mean, that's, it's really positive to me. I think there's a real good chance that assuming they can figure out this stuff, that we will see baseball at the beginning of July and, and potentially, again, spring training before that, likely. 
That's pretty exciting. I mean, it's May 6th. We're talking about the potential from a month from now for us to be saying, wow, players are going to be leaving for spring training in a few days. Again, how cool is that? I mean, that's real. That's a real possibility. And I think that I'm I'm more hopeful than not about it is where I'm at. And I know we've gone through, you know, ups and downs with this. At times we've thought, will they even have a season and all that? I really think that that I think they're figuring it out. And again, they need some factors to help. They need tests to increase. They need, you know, to make sure they can do it safely. But I think we're going to have baseball. I feel confident about it. Again, I'm not 100% sold on the own stadiums thing, but um, I think it's going to happen. And I think that's where we're headed. And count me in. Again, uh, you know, assuming that it's safe, assuming that, you know, they're not using tests when other people can't get them and all that, like all those caveats that are most important outside of the the logistics of money and stuff, which obviously that can be figured out. Um, I'm pretty excited. I feel pretty good. Um, so we'll continue, obviously, to, to touch on these things as they happen, as you know, every day with something new. But this one, uh, I feel pretty positive about. I like the Plouffe doubled down on it. I like that Girardi, in a way, substantiated some of it by saying he's at least heard chatter about that potential. So uh, I'm I'm pretty hopeful. All right, uh, coming up a little later at the very end, I want to quickly uh, touch on the 2008 World Series Game Five because they played it last night on WIP. They've been doing the only the win series where they will replay a full Phillies or Eagles game, and it has been awesome. And uh, just a, a couple quick memories from that game at the end of the show. But quickly, I, I wanted, to, as I mentioned, talk about Reese Hoskins. And um, as we this week try and get in some, you know, we've done a lot of Mount Rushmore's. We've had a lot of fun. I wanted to kind of get back into talking about some of the Phillies and and especially with the hope for baseball coming back. This specific team and and some of the issues or the question marks facing. I know yesterday we dove into the whole. JT Romuto extension and the future with the Phillies and all that. And today I wanted to talk about um, probably what's the, the one of the biggest question marks facing this team this offseason um, and heading into this season and into the future is the viability of Reese Hoskins. I mean, it's pretty crazy to think about what happened to Reese Hoskins last year. I mean, he seemingly overnight after a nice start to the season he was on pace for like 120 RBI at one point um after a nice start to the season he seemingly fell off a cliff in such a dramatic and palpable way where he was the worst hitter on the team for a good stretch of baseball for like the second half of the season i mean hoskins coming off of Two really nice seasons in Major League Baseball. The first only 50 games, but he had 18 home runs in 50 games. And then his second season, 34 homers, 96 RBI, a uh, 354 OBP. You like to see that higher. Actually ended up with a 364 OBP last year, even with all the struggles. But the 496 slugging percentage will play. 850 OPS is strong. Even last year with his disastrous season, he somehow ended up with an 819 OPS, which is a testament to his ability to get on base. That is no question a uh, um, a skill of Hoskins, no matter what's going on with him. But, man, was he a, a massive disappointment in the second half of last season. Um, I mean, just looking at the numbers, it's, it's almost hard to believe just how bad he was in the second half of the season last year. As um, really, just when you look on a month-by-month basis, I mean, he batted after... Uh, 
starting April, March, uh, a 279 average, then 276 in May, then drops to 226 in June, 244 in July, but then down to 161 in August and 170 in September and October. I mean, that's horrendous. He had a 274 on base percentage in September and October. Think about that. 274. That is abominable. In August, he had a 301 slugging percentage and only 350 in September and October. I mean, his OPS in August and September was 643 and 624 after being 904 in July, 871 in June. I mean, it is, it's almost like he became a different player overnight and never got back. And Hoskins has always been a streaky player. He's always been one of those guys who really you know, gets in a groove and, and will tear off a, a 10 to 15 game stretch with, with eight homers and, and be a dominant hitter. And then he'll go in some cold patches. But it was nothing like we had seen last year, both in the, the level of horrendousness of that cold patch, but also the, the length that that cold patch lasted. For him to essentially be... A 170 hitter over the last two and a half months of the season is unbelievable. I mean, again, this is a guy who who is so consistent from an offensive standpoint. Look, defensively, he's, you know, we know what he is. He's a better first baseman than he was a left fielder. He's not good at either of them. But for him to fall off the cliff so precipitously is, is it's scary. It's something where you look at him and, and you try and remember what he was before that and wonder, will he ever be that again? Now, and, and also you wonder why. And I, I think a lot of it is a confidence issue. Hoskins, someone who seemingly, again, as we talked about, will go through lulls. And I, I think it is a confidence issue. It's a, a comfort at the plate it's a, issue. It's a feeling right at the plate and then confidence in that approach at the plate type of thing. And I think that was clearly lost over the second half of the season. It was something that he just couldn't regain back. And I know he had the new stance in spring training earlier this year that we were talking about, and and we don't really know if that's going to pan out or not. I, I do appreciate that he's trying something different, but it does concern you. It concerns you that he could be that bad for that long a stretch of time and, and still seem to be trying to figure it out when he comes back uh, is, is, is concerning. On the flip side, as I mentioned with his major league numbers, but also his minor league numbers, I mean, this is a guy who has always hit. He has hit at every level he's ever played at. Like, that's never been the issue. We never wondered, will Reese Hoskins be able to hit? The question was, would he be able to field? And um, so... When I look at Hoskins and the, the real the, the real question at the heart of this is is will Reese Hoskins be Reese Hoskins again? And I lean more towards yes than no. So that is the positive. I'm not I'm not a hundred percent, which which in a lot of cases I would just throw that half a season out the window, but it was so bad and he looked so lost that um it does concern me, but I still am gonna bet on the track record more. I'm gonna bet on the Large sample size showing that Reese Hoskins can hit major league pitching, can hit, granted, major league part is not that large, I suppose, but I'm going to bet on the sample size that, that Reese Hoskins knows how to hit and that he will figure out a way out of this funk and will get back to being the consistent on-base power machine that we've seen him to be. Look, he's never going to be a 300 hitter. That's fine. That's not who he is. We don't need that. We just need him to get on base, you know, 38% of the time and and have a slugging percentage closer to 500. I mean, that's what we need. That's the guy you need to see. Um, and I do think we will see him again. I, 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 
strongly lean towards Reese Hoskins figuring it out and being able to get back to that type of guy. I, I really do. And look, he's going to get paid in the near future, assuming he can. He's got a lot riding on the ability to get back to being that type of player. Um, but it is concerning. I don't think you can look at Reese Hoskins and just say, ah, I'm not worried about it at all. I think that's silly. I think that, I think that it was such a, a pronounced str- slump, such a pronounced um, Liter- and, and also more than slump, like such a pronounced time period of, of being completely and totally lost. I mean, he wasn't even slumping. He was among the worst hitters in the sport. Um, but again, as, as, as nerve-wracking and scary as that is, I do think that it is more likely we will see the re- real Reese Hoskins again. I feel confident that we'll see the real Reese Hoskins again, but I, I, I do think it's, it's cause for pause, so to speak. Like, So this is not something we just throw out the window and say, ah, oh, it's nothing. I do think he has to figure it out. He has to get back to where he was, and you hope that Joe Dillon coming in, a new hitting coach, can, can connect to him and kind of get him back to where he needs to be. And again, I, I think his confidence needs to get back to that level. That's... I think as big a thing as anything is is knowing he can do it and get it. Baseball is such a game of confidence. It's a one-on-one battle, mano a mano, and and you need to believe it that your abilities. You need to have that confidence, or else you're going to be overthinking things. You're going to be guessing. You're going to be thinking he's going to throw this because you're overthinking it when you should have known he was going to throw this or whatever. I mean, that's all a big part of it. But I think on a basic level, I feel confident that Reese Hoskins can figure it out, but. I, again, I do think it is something that needs to be paid attention to and that is not just a, a throwaway because he was so bad. But again, if I had to bet, if you said to me, All right, you have to bet on Reese Hoskins' future, it's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. What would you bet? I would bet on good. I would put my money on good. But again, I, I'm not one of those people who says, just forget about it. It didn't matter. That was a, a bad slump. He'll be fine. I, I do worry a little bit, but I do think, and especially with the, the change of stance and all this, if it shows that he's a little concerned about it too. But I do think that in the long run, um, he'll find his confidence. He'll get back to his. And it's a massive part for this team. I mean, think about how much better this team is with the, uh, a Reese Hoskins who can hit. I mean, if you have, I mean, this lineup, it really depends on it from a, it's, it's the, uh, the possibility for this lineup to go from good to great as opposed to just being good or solid, is Reese Hoskins being Reese Hoskins. I mean, it's that big a difference. So, fingers crossed. I do I do expect we see the real Reese Hoskins again, but, you know, it is nerve-wracking. Um, all right, quickly, before we get out of here, uh, they replayed Game 5 of 2008 last night on WIP, and, and it was awesome. It was so great to hear Scott and Larry um, making those calls and, um, you know, getting to hear how it sounded again um, and... Just the um just what a what a great monumental game it was uh for this city and obviously the two parter. Just the fact that it was played in two parts is is the craziest thing. And I don't know if anyone has gone back to rewatch it recently. I did for the IOPS podcast. We did a deep dive on it and uh it's unbelievable to watch because it really it brings back all those feelings of of the whole what the hell is happening here? They're postponing this game. The Phillies were three outs, three innings away from winning the World Series, and I got to wait. Ends up being two days to watch the end of the World Series, and I had also forgotten how intense it was. The sixth inning comes, and the Phillies are leading off at home, which is such a cool thing on a night to see the home team lead off. And Jenkins, and the intensity is there immediately, and you can feel it. Um, it was just such a special, special 
two nights, you know, but really a special night when they actually won it and clinched it. The first championship of my lifetime as a sports fan that I was cognizant for. Um, you know, we all waited 25 years for Philadelphia championship and what it meant to the city and that crew of guys. And um, if you haven't gone back, you can find it on YouTube, whatever. It's around. Go go watch the game. It, it's, it's really fun. I ended up uh, welling up a little bit at the end when they showed the shots of each player reacting to the final out. You know, they went around the diamond, showed Howard and Otley and Rollins and their reaction and them running the mound. And it got me, man. I was I was choking up. I was like, wow, this this was so cool. We won the freaking World Series and I got to see it happen. Um, and it really made you long, long for that again. And, um, you know, really even more than before. So, and to see like Bryce Harper get a chance to do that and, you know, to see the, these guys who we care about get to do it would be, would be so cool. Aaron Nola, all these guys, um, get back there, Phillies. We need it. Um, and one other thing, by the way, the, the, the Chase Utley play where he threw Bartlett out at home, where he, where he faked to first and then threw out at home to keep the game tied is one of, or to keep the lead, one of the all time great plays in Philly's history. One of the base great plays in baseball that I remember seeing, and I can't believe that all these years later I've, I've not given it the credit it, do, it, it, it deserves. That ends now. That Chase Utley play is the one of the all-time plays in the history of the franchise. The headiness, the um, awareness, and the just execution of a, a really a World Series saving type play, potentially, legitimately, like that type of play. And we don't talk about it like that. I feel like it's kind of forgotten in the Jenkins double and the Burl double and the, you know, um, Felice RBI single to take the lead and Lidge and Madsen and, you know, the whole, the whole Romero, the all of it all. I think it, it kind of gets lost in there. Um, and and I think just the fact that it was that two part game and that that you know you think about that more than anything that Chase Utley play was amazing and shows why Utley was such an amazing player and such a smart ball player. So yeah, if you have time, go back and watch Game Five World Series two thousand eight. It is uh, it was awesome. It was awesome to hear it on WIP last night. All right, uh, thank you again as always for listening. Stay healthy, stay safe. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll continue to dive into some of these. Philly's issues facing the team right now and of course um, continue to, to update on any plans or any news that we get if more people come out to confirm Trevor Plouffe or deny it or whatever we will talk about that and all that as well of course as we continue to trudge along in our new normal and hopefully uh, our old normal aka baseball will come back to us soon enough so again until then stay healthy stay safe and thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.